The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. (laughs) Uh, It's not as usual this week. This is me, Keith McPherson, one half of George's Box. I'm missing the other half, 50% of George's Box, Mr. JJ from the Bronx. He's out on business. He's got work to do. Rent's got to get paid, bills got to get paid, all that. So I will carry the ship and lead the way on my own for the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, I'm not really a notes guy. We usually put notes together, but I'm kind of just going to free ball this one. So sorry for the listeners that are Team JJ from Barstool, Yuppie Junk. Like, ah, oh, man, we got to listen to this dude. It's me. But here's a surprise. If you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, you guys know I'm big on uh, community over competition, Yankees Twitter in real life, bringing together Yankee fans, worlds colliding. We've got two special guests on the episode today, Mr. Joe's McFly from Pinstripe Strong and Talking Jake from Talking Yanks. We'll get into that a little bit later, but let's take it from the top. The top being... This past weekend's Red Sox series, super ass. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because I didn't even spend too much time watching it. It was a great summer weekend to enjoy before August comes, the Sunday of summer. I hope you guys all went out and enjoyed your last full weekend in July. You drank, you partied, you went to the beach, did whatever you did, and you didn't sit for hours in front of the TV watching the Yankees get destroyed. What goes on, man? I look at this whole series that we just watched as a red alert, as um, a message from the baseball gods to Brian Cashman and the Yankees organization to make some moves. The trade deadline approaches. If you're listening to this Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night, It is Tuesday right now. We are about 26 hours away from the deadline as I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon. And you'll hear what I say to Mr. McFly. You'll hear what me and Jake talk about. Something's got to get done and something will get done. I'm not worried about it because I know a change is going to come. Bars. So the Red Sox. When we left Minnesota, there was definitely a high of beating the Twins. Um taking two games from them in great fashion awesome games to watch last week I stayed up to watch the one that Hicksie won for us amazing um when you watch the Yankees play like that against the Minnesota Twins a team that we might face in the postseason uh it gets your hopes up get your spirit up even if CeCe didn't really pitch that great 
Um, even if the rest of the rotation looks shaky, we battled those guys. Uh, 27 outs, never say die. This Yankees team is the type of team that's built for the postseason because they're, they're never out of it. They're never out of any game. We came back from 8-2 to win that game, I think, last Wednesday night. And it was probably a game of the year. Probably the most fun I had watching a Yankee game. I, I felt like a little kid. I was watching on my phone quietly because my fiance was sleeping. And I was trying to just like control my excitement. I didn't want to yell. I didn't want to scream too loud. But that game was so much fun to watch us compete and win and take. And then we came out and took the third game of the series and went on our way. But I think I saw uh, Susan Waldman's Instagram and she posted a screenshot of her phone. And it was 544 a.m. when she said she finally got to Minnesota and went to bed. So what time do you think the players went to sleep the night before the Red Sox series started? 6 a.m., 6.30, either way, we looked shaky as fuck. I mean, I don't even know what to describe uh, what happened in Boston this weekend as, um, but I would just chalk it up to that's baseball, Susan. You're not going to beat everybody. Um, your rival is going to get the best of you sometimes. The, the Red Sox hadn't done anything against us this year, so for them to get that at home, three games, they won the first three games of the series, and they won them. Like, no contest. Blew us out. I think it was 19-3. And like I said, I didn't even watch those games. Those aren't games that I, you know, I'm going to be glued to the television for, especially knowing that this rotation is uh, bound to change and knowing that, you know, like our guys were low on sleep, energy, whatever it might be. Um, Bunch of things went on this weekend, but I want to take this time to defend two people. First off, I'm going to defend Larry Rothschild. Uh, Larry, I've never met the guy. Actually, I did meet the guy at photo day, but it was quick. It's photo day. Of course, you know, takes a picture with you, says hello, polite, awesome. Older guy, seen him walk out there so many times. And honestly, I'm tired of it. Um, I'm tired of people blaming him. I think we got to ride with the guy. I don't think a drastic move will happen in the middle of the season where we get rid of Larry Rothschild and we just fire him. Um, he stepped up. And he was accountable and he said it's on him and that, you know, he's got to do better. And I don't know exactly what the quote was, but he, at least there was a quote in the media where he, you know, he took some of the blame. He shouldered some of the some of the blame. So I'm going to defend him because I see people tweeting and people saying things online and Instagram about fire Larry. And, you know, this is on Larry and comparing uh, guys like Sonny Gray and, you know, how Paxton is pitched No. Nah. Place the blame on these pitchers, on these starters, on these professional ball players that are walking out there to the mound and shit in the bed. Like James Paxton's got to figure it out. Jay Happ's got to figure it out. Masahiro Tanaka, figure it out. This team is built for the World Series, but not with that pitching. Which brings me to my next guy I got to defend, Mr. Brian Cashman. In my opinion, Brian Cashman is the GOAT. I'm not just saying that because I have a selfie with him that I put all over Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. I'm saying it because people quickly forgot what type of team he put together to get us here, right? We were in rebuild mode a couple years ago. And in the beginning of this season, we were in panic mode with all the injuries and guys we had on the IL. But who had a backup plan? Who was ready for all that? Mr. Brian Cashman. Cash rules everything around me. And Cash, we trust. So I'm going to defend Brian Cashman here because a lot of people are coming at him and saying, hey, you know, he didn't want to spend the money and we could have had Pat Corbin. We could have had Garrett Cole. We could have had Luke Keekley. Like, yeah, we could have, would have, should have had a lot of guys. We could have had Manny Machado. We could have had a bunch of guys. But Brian Cashman does what's best for this team and organization time after time, and he's going to do it again. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, July 31st, before the trade deadline, rest assured that something is going to get done. The past World Series winners in the last three years have all made moves at the deadline that came full circle in the World Series to help them win the World Series. The Red Sox last year had Nate Valdi and Steve Pierce acquired at the deadline, and look what they, like you already know. Um, the Astros pick up Justin Verlander, and he's still doing work for them. Help them win a World Series. The Chicago Cubs got a Roldis Chapman, and we got Glaber Torres. And that was a fine trade for them because they went on 
to win a World Series and just change the history of that city and that team forever with a, you know, a move that they made at the deadline and just making sure that they had the right pieces in place and the right guys in place to make that postseason push. And we're going to do the exact same thing. History will repeat itself. We will bring at least one or two, maybe three guys in here to raise the competition level between our rotation, our bullpen, shake up the clubhouse a little bit, let the fans know and let the team know that we're all in. Chase for 28 is still on. And uh, we'll be just fine, man. I don't care what anyone has to say about losing out on Marcus Stroman. Um, (laughs) The way I look at it, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The Mets and the Blue Jays made that happen. Maybe to spite us. I don't know. Who cares? Um, I would have loved to see Marcus Stroman, that type of guy, in pinstripes. I know he was tweeting and doing everything he could on his end without saying, trade me to the Yankees, to kind of allude to wanting to be a Yankee. And the way that it went, he ends up on the Mets. That's fine. I don't know what the Mets have going on or what they're doing over there, um, but they're going to deal somebody. I don't think they're going to send Wheeler or Thor to us, but they're going to make some moves too. So for you half Mets, half Yankee fans that might be listening, um, pay close attention to what the Mets do in the next few hours. The way I look at this, man, it's our time, and it's always been our time. And this is George's box, right? Uh, when JJ came up with the name for George's box, I remember thinking, like, okay, if, if we're in George's box and we're talking baseball, how would we speak about the Yankees and the rest of the league and the game? I'd say, oh, you know, we, we speak with some swag, some confidence, maybe even some arrogance, cockiness, that we're the Yankees, 27-time champs, and we're going to get it done. And that hasn't changed. So I'm defending Brian Cashman. I'm defending Larry uh, Rothschild. I'm predicting we make some moves at the trade deadline that will solidify our chances to win the 28th World Series. So fret not. Um, What else we got here? Injury report. Like I said, I'm not really a notes guy. We can talk injuries real quick just because it's just, you know, it's kind of funny, right? Uh, CC goes on the I.L., and uh, Tyler Wade comes up. Shout out to Swag Champ, number 77, Clint Frazier. But, yeah, that's done. Um, I was kind of hoping for the guy to go down there, work, and come back. But you don't have to see or hear anything else. I'm pretty sure he'll be in the next trade package we see coming up before this 4 p.m. deadline. Um, sucks, man. Gary with the groin. He's on the I.L., uh, DJ LeMahieu, I don't know exactly what the deal is, if he's going on the IL or not, or if he's just missing a couple games, whatever. But what I will do is take this opportunity to shout out Gio the God. Gio is God body, man. He went four for four the other night. You put a glove on this guy's hand, throw him in left field. He's a ball player, and I don't mind seeing him get extra work, get extra time. He's having a hell of a year, and I hope it continues. So shout out to Gio Urshela. And let's see, who else? Sevi Batances. We, we talk about them every week on the I.L. They're on their way back late August, September. Um, I don't know. I've got minimal stock in Sevi or Batances coming back and contributing. I guess I, I want it to happen. I wish it, it'll, it'll happen. Uh, but I wouldn't, I, wouldn't make any, I wouldn't make any predictions on Severino coming back and being an effective starter, or Batance is coming back and being an effective guy out of the bullpen. I think we ante up right now at the trade deadline, and we do what we got to do to get who we have to get and to make sure that we're solid with that. And last but not least, uh, from the injury report, Troy Tulowitzki retires. Um, Shout out to Tulo, man. Had a decent career. Uh, didn't go so well at the end with the Blue Jays and definitely not what he wanted with us. But you got to remember that Tula wore number two in honor of Derek Jeter. And when he was with the Rockies, he was a true savage. He tore it up. And uh, it just sucks, man. Father time catches us all. You can't escape injuries and health things. And I'm happy for him. He's going to hang it up. And he's still going to be around the game. He loves baseball. Um, wish it could have ended a little bit better for him, but... Hey, he forever made the opening day roster for this Yankees team, which will be remembered. So uh, wish him luck, wish him well, 
And I also wish Jacoby Ellsbury would join him. Um, I know they might have crossed paths somewhere, and Jacoby Ellsbury's got to be thinking about it. So, hey, Jacoby, bro, uh, you see what Tulo did? Might be time to hang it up, man. Might be done out here. Think about it. Yeah. And so, wrapping that up, injury report, recap of the Red Sox series. Uh, This is the last thing I'll say before we go into Joe's McFly and talking Jake. Community over competition. Yankees Twitter in real life. Now, don't get me wrong. I have met some people in real life from Yankees Twitter that I'm not necessarily fond of or don't care to be friends with or interact with. But these two guys are super solid. Been around them a couple times. Been following them. Watching what they do. And as a Yankee fan, I think more people should follow them. And there's room for everybody. Like It doesn't hurt to be a fan of me, JJ, George's Box, Bronx Pinstripes, and these guys. So uh, without further ado, Joe's McFly. And after Joe's McFly, talking Jake. Hey, yo, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let me introduce y'all to the one and only Joe's McFly. Joining George's Box for the first time, episode 20, my man, 100 grand, straight out of the BX. If you don't know who this guy is, you will after this podcast. Mr. Joseph Solano, say hello to the people. What it do, y'all? What it do? What's up? Oh, so if you're a Yankee fan and you're online and you got Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you should know who this dude is. Um, I'd like to tell a story about when I first met him. We did a little Bronx pinstripes gathering. Uh, I want to say I know the date because it's on the T-shirt. It was June 10th, 2017. It was photo day. And I popped into Billy's. We were making signs for the BP crew. And I met a young dude who approached me and I, I think you said you recognize me from doing the like Instagram stories or, you know, just popping up on Bronx Pinstripes um, Instagram. I, I used to go to different stadiums. Well, I still go to different stadiums, but I used to pop on and host the Instagram story for Bronx Pinstripe. You know, he showed me love, told me he had like a little YouTube channel. I end up checking it out. You know, it's one of those things you, you meet somebody, you just, you know, dap up real quick. You don't really know each other. You're just like, we're nice to meet you. Thanks for coming out. But then in the weeks after that, right, I, you know, I left uh, the Bronx Pinstripes party. I went to uh, photo day and then you ended up actually sitting behind me in the stadium. Um, and then a couple weeks after that, maybe months, I can't remember exactly when it was, but we played the Red Sox mm-hmm. and uh, my man Rafael Devers hits that bomb off Chapman. And you caught yourself in the in the stands with the perfect facial expression for every single Yankee fan at that moment, and the shit went viral. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean that that shit. I mean, first of all, that that moment was just crazy because it was just like, you know, I, I was doing my vlogs and stuff like that, and uh, which is something that I do on my on my YouTube page, where uh, whenever I go to games or if I'm just watching a game, I put these th- things together and just kind of break up these moments, just different things that happen throughout the game. And then, um, that happened like, you know, I, you know, leading up in, in that season, you know, the Red Sox and all that stuff. And then the Yankees were just kind of there. Like, they were just fighting each other, bro. And, uh, those is the final game. And Devers is still this rookie, and Chapman's coming out. He had some struggles that year, and if you if you remember, mm-hmm. and then he comes out, he's popping the mitt, bro, like a hundred and three miles per hour, sizzling. <laughs> and you know, it's a hot night. I think it's August. Was it August? I, I don't remember, or July. I don't know. One of those. One of those two. But it was just like. He came out. He looked like himself again. I'm like, oh man, let's go. And then he just. <laughs> this pitch endeavors just hit it to the probably the deepest part of Yankee Stadium, uh, left center field, yep. opposite field for him. And he took a hundred and three mile per hour pitch and just put it over the fence and tied the game. And I'm like, man, I can't believe it, bro. The funniest part about that is all the Red Sox fans that you had on your page that you had retweeting you <laughs> that you had. I'm like, yo, this is like this isn't a good moment for Yankee fans. We hate this moment. Um, I was happy for you. I was proud for you. That's a viral <laughs> moment that, like, you know, was like the stars connecting for you. But really, it was Red Sox fans 
uh, sharing that, sending that like, yo, typical Yankee fan, this, that, and the other. But then it led to you being on Sports Center. I remember waking up in the morning and seeing you on Sports Center and tweeting you like, yo, bro, you on Sports Center, as if you didn't know you, yeah. you were on Sports Center. <laughs> well, it was crazy because like the night, the next night, uh, I go to the next game, and I think it was Yankees against Mets. And Ahmed Rosario hits a homer off of Chapman. I'm like, yo, what the hell's going on? And <laughs> yes. So then they put up both things, um, you know, for that. So that 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 little time was crazy, which is a lot of things were going on at that time. And I just ended up, you know, doing a lot more. Then that led to the playoffs. The playoffs is crazy, bro, because you remember the playoffs of that course, year in 2017. Man, we were a game away from the World Series. Oh, man, the playoffs was crazy. And the, just the, the the reactions and just I think that's when a lot of Yankee fans started to like uh, kind of like, if anything, find me and things like that and just be like, oh, hey, you know, this guy's here, you know, yeah. and uh, more people started to relate to me and, and all that stuff. So then that was cool. Yeah, man, I got respect for that. And uh, I guess I'm throwing a little shade here with what I'm about to say. But there's a lot of these like Yankees, Twitter uh, personalities and people that they never come to the Bronx. They're never at the game. You know, how are you a uh, leader of Yankees Twitter or so popping on Yankees Twitter if you're never there? And when I saw you, I'm like, yo, this dude is from the BX. He's at a ton of games, not a season ticket holder, but damn near look like it. Um, and he documents it. He shows people inside the stadium. He shows people the experience, how hype it is in the crowd when we hit a bomb and how much it sucks, how, you know, the place goes quiet when we give up a home run. I'm like, this dude is authentic. Um, I'm glad I got to meet you before all that happened, and I, I love to see what you've done since then, man. I'm a, obviously a big fan and follower. Um, the brand you built, Pinstripe Strong, keep them on, keep them strong. I listen to the podcast. I follow on Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah, I just see you, you you doing things and making a movement, man, and it, it's continued, yo. So props to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I don't even consider myself like, oh, you know, you represent or you represent a part of Yankees Twitter. I, I don't know. I just look at it like I'm just a – you know, just regular dude, regular fan, like yeah. just regular person. Yeah. And I know, you know, it, it's funny because even, you know, there there are some people and I got to know a lot of people where it's like, oh, they're not even from the Bronx. And I kind of do it. I really do do it for a lot of people that are not able to come out here because, right. you know, I kind of there, there's people that live in the Bronx and they kind of take the Yankees for granted where there's people that they live in California and they wish that they could watch Yankee games and they wish that they could come over and things like that. And, you know, they're probably the biggest fan as, uh, as you and me, but they can't make it to the games. They can only make it yeah. when the Yankees go West coast and, you know, they can only see them on TV, but they follow along just as strong. So it's just, um, I just think, you know, just building that in stadium experience with everybody that's around. I think that that's important. And a lot of people kind of miss that so it's, yeah, just... it's it's a window i tell people all the time yo it's it's a window let me be your window um there was a time growing up where i couldn't get to yankee stadium where yankees baseball was just a tv experience for me um yep. the first time i went to yankee stadium i was like damn i feel like i'm inside the yes network i feel like i'm inside the tv <laughs> and uh yeah it's dope like you know you guys you do your thing with pinstripe strong you, you're always there at the game you're showing people and i'm sure through the podcast You've been able to reach even more people. And I know myself, I've had people reach out from Arizona, Nebraska, California, different places that, you know, through us, they get like an inside scoop. They get an inside look. And there's people that are trying to get to Yankee Stadium as like a dream. We pull up to Yankee Stadium every week like it's the norm because it is. Bro, sometimes, like today, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting. Yeah. Last minute. You know, I'm like a few <laughs> minutes away. Bro, last minute. And I just, sometimes the cop tickets right there and I just walk in the stadium and that's it. Now, Same, Or walking for the low. Same, That's just what it is. When, so. I, uh, when I first started working in New York City, working corporate in Manhattan, the biggest thing for me was like, yo, I'm closer to Yankee Stadium. I don't have to come from the Jersey Shore area. Like, I can get on the B train, D train, and be up there in a half an hour from Midtown, like... I'm closer to Yankee Stadium when I get out of work, so. Yo, Jersey Shore is not that, f- I mean, Jersey Shore is far, bro, because I have a friend that moved out there. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, when I think of Jersey, I just think, oh, you know, just over the bridge, like Fort Lee. Do you know what part? Um, he lives in, he lives right, like, like literally five minutes away from AC. So, like, AC, basically. Okay, so, yeah, he's the south part. Yeah, he's probably, bro, like. I went out there, I'm like. Yeah, I'm really reconsidering our friendship, bro. I can't come <laughs> out here. This is crazy. This is far, man. This yeah. is like See, now Philly. That's, a, that's a hike, bro. I, I lived about an hour from AC. We used to take an hour ride to AC down the Garden State Parkway when I was younger. 
So for me to get to Yankee Stadium and for me to get to AC, we're about the same drive, like an hour, hour and 15. Um, so I'm, that's crazy. Where I grew up was really, um, you know, Monmouth County, Ocean Township, Asbury Park area was in between AC and New York City. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so both both were like you had to plan a trip. You had to make a day out of it, night out of it. Um, we're no, we had to we had to sleep over. I'm like, I of can't course. come back the same night. What are you crazy? There's no way. No, it's too much of an adventure. Yeah, we're blessed to be uh, like you. I don't know how far are you from your crib to Yankee Stadium. Like no lie, I'm like uh, driving five, probably like five minutes away. Like I live on, I live on um, one seven zero and Yankee Stadium one six one. So it's yeah, right yeah, there. That's what's up. And you know, you don't ever pay for parking, right? No, never. Hell no. Never. <laughs> never pay for parking. Either, Hell bro. no. Well, don't get me wrong. I used to. When we used to take those trips up from the shore, I used to pull up, pay that 40 bucks. Now, no if I'm driving from Jersey City, I'm just parking on like 164th or something and, and walking into the stadium. Like yeah, so many people hacks. don't even know about that. Like that's like it's so simple to do. I mean, it's not that simple because it's still packed around there. It um, is. You do got to find a spot, but like it's free parking if you find a spot. No, it is free parking, and I call, I, I call it valet. You know, it's like, oh man, it's valet right here, man. Just park it right here, just right walking straight front. to the stadium <laughs> right away. Uh, it's hard to find them though. It's not that easy. You got to be like patient, but and get there early enough. But still, it's a it's a little hack. I'm not paying no forty dollars for parking. Yeah. No way. I mean, it's dope. It's a little hack. I I, I want to one day do some type of um, you know, since I like bringing the Yankees Twitter in real life together, I want to do something on like the Yankees culture. Later, we'll have uh, talking Jake on from. Talking Yanks, him and John Boy, Joe's McFly and I, we've been in the suite together a couple of times. Like, there's a lot of things that people don't know about the Yankees culture as far as once you get there. Yeah. Um, keep, keep Jake keep Jake away from crop, crop top shirts, man. <laughs> Yo, that dude. Man, I love those shit. I can't, I can't <laughs> wait to have him on the show next. That's going to be funny. But I want to do something with all of us talking about the culture of going to Yankee Stadium, around Yankee Stadium. Man, I, I went from being a type of person to spend two, $300 going to Yankee Stadium to now I've gone to Yankee Stadium with a free ticket, free parking, free food, and just left, like didn't spend a dollar. So there's little ways yeah. and there's little things, you know, even um, uh, last week uh, when we played the Rays and the guy with the That's Baseball Susan shirt like yeah. went, went viral. There's people that don't fully get that because they don't listen to WFAN. They don't get they don't. John and Susan. We know exactly what that is, what that means. Um, George's box is sampled off of Susan Waldman's little Roger Clemens rant. Like, there's, there's little nuances, you know, after mm-hmm. uh, after the season, I want to put something together like that. But um, Yeah, I mean, like, and, you know, I'll give you ideas on it because I, like, people, when people tell me, oh, man, how do you go to that expensive Yankee Stadium and you spend, you know, I, you know, you got to go there family of four average, you have to spend over 230 bucks with the tickets. And I'm like, bro, I can't relate because I'll go there with my kids. Right. You know, I'll go there with my kids. You can. People, a lot of people don't know. You could bring in a sandwich from outside. You could do all. Water. Yankees will let you do that. Water, as long as it's closed, and you come in, and it's like, I'm just watching the game, and right. we're just we're just eating with a five dollar sandwich from the deli. Like that's all we're doing. Yo, that's- shout out to your kids. <laughs> they are looped into this through you. I swear. I saw your daughter predict <laughs> the score. I think. Yeah. And then Noah called like a judge home run, or yes. something like that. Like on your social media before it happened, you could confirm it. I'm like, yo, his kids, like, they're in this Yankee culture, too. They they know what's going on, and they're calling it. I saw your daughter call the score to the game, and your son call a home run before it happened. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, they're, 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 they're in it for sure. Um, my son loves Glaber. I mean, he loves Glaber Torres now. Uh, he loves, um, he, he still loves Aaron Judge and Didi and all that stuff, but he's starting to get to know the players a lot more. But he really does love Glaber because Glaber gave him a bat or whatever, but. Yeah, That's yeah, I saw you recently <laughs> were on the field, and he got that Glaber bat. He was gripping it up. Wasn't, wasn't it was, going to let he, anybody get that. Nah, nah, I couldn't even touch it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take it home and put it like in the man cave. He's like, no, 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 it's mine. I'm like, okay, all right. That's, your, <laughs> That's awesome, yo. Like I said, me growing up, the Yankees were a TV experience. Your kids are growing up right in it, man, and they got a great team to root for. So let's talk about this team, man. How you feeling? I know how you're feeling because I, I see your tweets and I see your Instagram. <laughs> Bro, we are uh, this this is uh this is Tuesday afternoon. So this podcast will come out Wednesday morning. We are hours away from the trade deadline. Okay. And I don't know. I've been staying off Twitter because every time I tweet something, right, people think it's 
in reference to who we're going to get or who we're not going to get. I got people DMing me asking me if I have inside info. I'm sure you got people asking you what you know. Just give me an overall feeling right now, how you feel going into 4 p.m. trade deadline coming soon. It's uh, it's like a sense of excitement, but it's like the buildup. Like, you'll see it. And if you ever get on like Yankee uh, on, on Twitter or whatever, not even just Yankee Twitter, just anything. Like, there's always like a buildup where you're just like, and then everything comes to a head. And then that's like the exciting part. But then you want the Yankees to do something, but you don't want them to just do something for the sake of doing it. But then you trust Cashman, but then part of you has doubts. And then it's just like, oh, man, like so much shit going on. Like, for example, like Ken, Ken Rosenthal just tweeted, right? And then this is happening, you know, today, which is Tuesday. And he says, the Mets scratch Irvin Santana from his AAA start, and then Syndergaard is scheduled to pitch for them in the majors tonight. Like, if we were, like, kind of trying to put it, that together, and then... It could Clint be Frazier, nothing. <laughs> it could be nothing! It could be... A Clint, Clint Frazier tweeted, like, he just tweeted some, some crazy shit yesterday. He four times. And it's beca- it ended up be- being because uh, Scranton walked off, but people were like, oh, my God, did he get traded? Like, and it's just, like, so much shit going on. I think this team is in an obvious need of starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's... I, you know, it goes without saying. Um, I think there were some people that were kind of fooled like before the All-Star break where the, the pitching staff was hot and they were saying, oh, you know what? Maybe we don't need to trade anybody. There are some people that said that. We don't need to trade anybody. We can just kind of ride this out. This team has us as the best. I'm like, don't don't fall for that, man. I'm telling you because this team, it, it needs a starter or two, or two or maybe some relief help or something like that. I get the Sevy coming back. I get, you know, Batances can't rely on that. I still think the Yankees will still pull out a starter. Let's let's yeah, hope. At least one starter. <laughs> at at least, least one starter. The way I see it, man, uh, there's no way we don't make a move. At least one. Um, history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And every World Series team, I think, in the last three years made a critical move at the deadline that helped them win that World Series. And I don't see us whiffing here. I know Cashman said that he was engaged with every team except Boston. Right now, the Diamondbacks are in the Bronx. There's no Mm. way that we don't make at least one move. You just got to trust it. And it's not about speculation. It's not about fake accounts and fake sources and fake tweets. It's not about what the Mets did or what we didn't do in the past. That's another thing people trip me out about. Right. They want to say, well, we should have got Garrett Cole. We should have got Patrick Corbin. We had a chance to get Dallas Keuchel. Yo, that's in the past. Yeah. We can't say what those players would have been for us. We can't say that they would have came to the Bronx and pitched in the pinstripes and performed the same blah, blah, blah. It's about moving forward and looking forward and knowing that this is a championship or bust team. And right now the deadline approaches to reassure that this is a championship or bus team. No, for real. I mean, I, I just, it's about getting the starting pitcher that's going. And, you know, I, I thought Strowman would be a good fit, you know, of course, because of his ground ball rate and stuff like that. I mean, Man. the Mets hopped in there and took him, and it, it is what it is. Maybe the Yankees see something that we, there's a lot of stuff that w- the Yankees see that we don't, right? Yeah. And we start to look at things like we just look at certain numbers. They probably there's probably new metrics that were invented for them that they're just like, oh, no, but this, I don't know, Zorp or whatever. I don't know. I'm just right. We don't, and that's <laughs> the thing I, I put out last night. I said, after reading all these tweets, I'm going to sleep. But I'll leave you with this reminder. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know why the Mets are doing this or doing that. And if that has anything to do with us, you don't know why, like. You don't know. And everyone loves to speak from this like perch of authority. Like I'm the biggest baseball fan. I'm a huge Yankee fan. I know what's going down. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, people come to me as if I know. I met Brian Cashman one time. I met Michael Fisher <laughs> one time. I say you're an insider, man. You're nah. an insider. You met him. You met <laughs> him. That's I it. My DMs, I'm telling people, hey, I'm waiting just like you. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And Cash, we trust. <laughs> I, I know for a fact that this past week of pitching, and when I talked to you about coming on the show, I was like, yeah, we'll recap the uh, Red Sox series. And we ain't doing that. But no. at least, <laughs> you know, at least what I can take from the Red Sox series and the Twin series is that there is a red alert in the organization to shore up this rotation and bars. And I'm like, yeah. I don't think we miss. I, 
I don't think we miss. I know I know what type of organization, franchise, team this is. If there's a move to be made, it's going to get made. And uh, Yankee fans, hold on to your seats. Something ridiculous can happen like Edwin Encarnacion falling in our laps, right? We don't know who's willing to sell or do business with Brian Cashman and the New York Yankees. We might be pleasantly surprised at this trade deadline or before it. It could happen today. It could happen in the morning. It could happen... But it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, something's going to happen. I don't know. And apparently, Giants and Astros right now engaged in on Bumgarner, which is... Man. <laughs> I thought he wasn't available. Yo, well, what's going what on? Saying, I don't know. Right? Aren't they in a, making a playoff push? Right? Aren't they in the wild card hunt? That's what I'm saying. God. You don't know what you don't know. What I do know is... Um, there are 29 teams and us. The rest of the league does not want to see us hoist that trophy. So no. they're going to do whatever they can do to be in cohorts and work together and put another arm on the Astros because they know we'll have to face the Astros. I'm hoping the Astros don't come back with a better haul than we have, but whatever. We're still going to see them when we got to see them. So we'll, we'll see, man. I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm sleeping good. I wasn't sleeping so good over the weekend knowing that our like, our rotation is just trash. This is what I'm feeling like. We have to bring in at least two starters to rise the competition level. Um, I said that in a reply to the Yes Network on Twitter. I'm like, yo, just bring in two or three guys to change up the complexity of this team, right? And if you're a James Paxton or a J-Hap and you see these starters come in and your next start is a, a prove-yourself start, go prove yourself, right? You're... The way I look at it, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about it before we get ready to like wrap this all up, this team right now can bring in some pieces. If you're on the trade block or you're a player that knows that you're potentially going to be traded, don't you want to pitch in the World Series? Don't you want to pitch in the ALCS? Don't you want to be in Yankee Stadium with that crowd? Don't you want to be a part of this chase for 28? Absolutely. They're definitely going to want to. And I, I look at it like this, and I have to say – this about Cashman. Remember when the Red Sox traded for Chris Sale and they were asking Cashman, why didn't you guys engage and try to trade for Chris Sale, right? And he says, we're not there yet. I think Chris Sale or a type of pitcher like that is a, tra- a pitcher that you trade for and you give up X amount of prospects or the same or that kind of quality of prospects when you're one piece away. And I have to believe him that he says that, right? Until he proves me wrong. So this team, to be honest, is there. Like they're they're a, a legit starter. Now you could you could also make it the contention what starter is really going to be available out there. But if the Yankees know that somebody is available, and they're really available to them, it's just you have to pay a certain price. With the exception, of course, of Glaber Torres, because people were asking for Glaber Torres for some reason. Um, like they think he's available. Like, hello, this guy's like <laughs> two time, two time All Stars. Uh, just fall, yeah, twenty two. Just fall out of trees. Yeah, sure. I'm going to trade you that guy. He's a prospect, right? Yeah, that's not a prospect nah. anymore. That's a proven player. But and you know anything you know outside of that, if it takes to make that happen, make it happen, Cash. That's just what it is. Um, don't let money stop you. I, I personally. You know, and I don't know about you, if he was into it and, you know, we know his past and anxiety issues and all that stuff. But if you could get a Zach Greinke, bro, Send I'll him. be down. Send him. He's, Please. Is he pitching tonight? I'm not sure. I I'll haven't check. looked. Uh, I'm not going to the game tonight, but uh, the Wednesday game I'll be at. I would love for him to pitch and be some type of like audition or whatever. And. You know, people try to say about his like anxiety and all that other stuff in the past when he ended up going to the Dodgers. I yeah. think he's a little more mature now. I think he's more of a veteran now. Um, I think all that goes out of the window, especially in our situation. If you can get a Zach Greinke, you get him and then you deal with all that other stuff on the way. You know, absolutely. If if there if the if the Arizona Diamondbacks are in the suites. And in Yankee Stadium, let's wine and dine them. Let's do something. Let's, let's, let's talk. Let's get them a little massage, make them feel comfortable and see what <laughs> they're trying to do. I'll take Robbie Ray as well. People are trying to trash Robbie Ray. And I'm like, look at our starters. Yeah, it's I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get why. I'll people... take that dude with what, what I've seen from our starters lately. I'll take that dude in this rotation with what I've seen from our starters. We need to mix it up. And I know we will, man. Hey, thank you for coming on, bro. 
Tell people where they can find you at. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Plug yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, Grinky's pitching Wednesday. Wednesday's game. Okay, um, I'll be there for that. Let's go. You can follow me at Joe's McFly uh, on all platforms. I keep it very simple. You know, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Also follow Pinstripe Strong Twitter and Instagram page at Pinstripe Strong. And uh, follow me on, oh, yeah, follow the podcast. Got the podcast at Pinstripe Strong Podcast. And also look for me on YouTube because I do the videos on there. And there's even more content to come because we're going to be doing a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'm excited for that. So we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But thank you, man, for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And a big thing is that Z. So here's another quick story. For the longest, I was calling you Josie, like Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> like, yo, my man, Josie McFly. I thought it was Joe Z McFly, like your middle name might have been something with a Z. But nah, it's Joe's McFly. When you look him up, J-O-E-Z McFly. And then it's Pinstripe Strong. Keep him on. Keep him strong. Joe's, thanks for coming on, bro. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you, brother. Okay, we are back now with my boy talking Jake, Jake Story Alley. Am I saying that right, bro? Oh, that was beautiful, man. You sound like sound like a good good paisan from the Bronx or something like that. <laughs> that's the Jersey Shore, man. I, I grew up around a lot of Italians. Uh, Story Alley, that's a good name. Story for short. It's all right. It works. It's gotten me this far. Yeah, talking Jake. So for the people listening that don't know talking Jake and talking Yanks. This guy is one half of the Talking Yanks podcast. I've been listening to him and John Boy for, I want to say, over a year now. They've got a bunch of episodes. Um, it was cool. I got the link with these guys at Yankee Stadium through my man Batista, Sweet Life of Batista, inviting <laughs> us to uh, the suites. And I was like a little kid, man. I was like a legit fan. I was like, yo, because it's like you go from listening to guys on the podcast and seeing them online. And I don't know. I don't get how some people are Yankee fans and they like, create content or make podcasts and they don't like listen to everyone else or like fuck with everybody else like we're all yankee fans it'd be different if you guys had like a reds podcast and i wouldn't care but like i'm a yankee fan so i like to listen to what other yankee fans have to say and what other content guys are creating and you guys are dope uh for you guys listening you gotta check out jake's burns and if you probably saw the viral video of Jake from Barstool, <laughs> where my man was out there modeling, styling, and yeah. profiling, he had the crop top, he was hitting the poses. That was epic, man. Uh, tell us about that a little bit. That's, uh, I mean, that's where it starts, man. I, I'm a model. So, I, you know, all the pod, all, the, all that podcast stuff, that's nice. But yeah, I'm, I'm a model. That was insane, man. We, uh, I, I knew that was going to be popular just because I, I remember that girl model. I mean, that thing went so viral and yeah. like people wanted to be controversial about it. People were going to like, you know, sexism and stuff like that. And it was just like, so I, I don't know. I, I saw the opportunity. I was like, wait, I can make light of this a little bit. Uh, Perfect, so, man. yeah, That's how you play the Internet. That was that was fun, man. And then, yeah, you're seeing all, all these different avenues of the Internet and, you know, people coming out from the corners of the earth. Like people people I met at like a wedding once that they add you on Instagram and they're extended friends and they're like, yo, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that's me with only, my belly. At only stadiums. one guy. I've seen this guy with a Blue Jays tattoo on his nipple, cutting yeah. cutting the chest out of the shirt. Uh, well, that's that's what I was gonna say with with you, me, and Joe's. It's kind of like the tall, dark, handsome of Yankees world, man. Tdh of Yankees. That's what it is. <laughs> we might have to run with that, bro. I mean, yeah. You put the three of us together. That's an interesting combo. Um, for Tough. episode twenty of George's Box, you know, my man JJ's on business. I was like, what can I do to make this episode a little different but still cool? And uh, I'm glad you guys were down. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited, and yeah, I'll, I'll do the quick talking Yanks thing. If you tuned in, thanks. Uh, me and me and John Boy, we've been rolling. We're at like two plus years now, and it's uh, it's it's kind of crazy, man. It's it still doesn't make sense sometimes, but we we just like having fun, and we like the Yankees, and it's as you well know, it's this new media where it's like it's okay, you can be a fan, yep. and you know, say, man, it sucks that Tyler Wade's not hitting right now. And, you know, the, it, it's, it's kind of lame. And, like, I like Tyler Wade, you know. But, it, you know, it's just tough when you see that old school media that's like, you know, Tyler's really going to have to figure it out. And it's like, you know what? 
you could just say it sucks. Yeah. Like I, I, I wish that guy was getting hit. So I, uh, you know, meet meeting you in in a Donnie suite. That sweet life was a blast, and I, uh, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. So let's let's rip it. Yeah, dude. I I think you guys speak the language. You're obviously knowledgeable baseball fans, but that's what people want to hear. They want to talk to guys that are regular guys watching the game. Uh, it doesn't have to be all retired players and suits and old white dudes that are just like analyzing every. <laughs> single swing like it's just like you know you're a fan you want to hear other fans talk about baseball and i think you guys do do a great job at that um i want to tell a story about how i first came across john boy it was actually one of my best performing tweets uh months ago before i really got into george's box but i i just shouted him out because i saw david Cohn mention him on the yes broadcast and i was like man that's huge that's gotta be like a great moment for this guy because when I was in the fan cave in 2014, I started to get in the Yankees Twitter and tweeting during the game and watching the game and connecting with people. And I remember seeing John Boy put some stuff out there and create content. And I want to say two years ago, he announced that he was going full time with it, that he was you know, quitting his day job and he was going to invest his time and himself and his money into building out Talking Yanks, John Boy Media, whatever it might have been. And uh, there was a bunch of crabs and not a bunch. All you need is two and they're going to stand out from the rest of the people that are saying, hey, congrats, man, go for it. But I remember seeing at least two people that were like, who does this guy think he is or what an idiot? He's going to quit his job or like no one asked you to do this, like that type of vibe. And I guarantee you now, I think I tweeted, I was like, those guys are probably hiding. They're probably his biggest fans now. But back when he said he was going for it, they were the first ones to say, oh, you can't do this. And that's the whole thing, right? There's room for everybody. If you're good enough, do it. If you have an idea or you have a skill set, apply it. And if you're dope, people are going to follow you. People are going to find you. And you guys are hitting a ridiculous run right now. I'm so happy for you. So tell me yeah, man. tell me how you, you met John Boy or how this came about. Because I found out about you a little bit later. But um, I know you, you, you've you been running with John Boy for a long time now. Yeah, man. And it's, uh, I, I mean, not to go too heavy into like talking life, because I think you and I could go Joe Rogan style and we could be here three hours later just breaking it all down, which I'm not against, but we'll we'll get to some Yankee <laughs> stuff too. One day. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, and I, just touching on that John Boy stuff first, man, those, uh, the people that say the bad stuff or stick out, you know, you remember them, but it, you start getting into corny quotes. I mean, those, those kind of people motivate you. And a lot of them were dumb high school kids just looking to get a jab in like, Oh, what's your real job? And it's like, well, this is it. I'm, I'm kind of covering my favorite team and having a blast and <laughs> doing a lot of fun stuff. And, uh, I don't know. I, I think when they get older, well, we're, we're all young and dumb at a certain point, but me and, uh, me and John boy, we go, we go way back on the way back freshman year of high school. Um, man, he hit it right. His, his family moved around a little bit, but when he moved to my town in, uh, Connecticut, Middlebury, Connecticut, shout out. Um, he, everyone assumed it was two middle schools coming together so if you don't know someone, you just assume they're from the other middle school. So I think he hit it right. Um, and he's got some pretty blue eyes anyway. So he, he was, he was doing well freshman year of high school. And then I met up with him. I, I don't remember when, uh, but we did play freshman baseball together every now and then you'll, you'll see us leak out an old pick of some of that stuff. A uh, little, little catcher, catcher for Jimmy, a little third base center field for myself. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah man, a little and th- different back then. I I have seen that John Boy had the longer hair. Yo, John Boy kind of had that Zac Efron like <laughs> that kind of early two thousand looks. Like John Boy had it. Now now he looks rough. But uh, I uh, I never I never really had my fastball. Maybe I'm getting it now. But um, so he actually ended up moving away junior year. We st- we stayed in touch, but not like hardcore. I don't know. It's it's high school. It's AIM and all that. So we 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 check in here and there. But uh, about four years later, so we're like juniors in college, he sends me a text and he's like, hey, dude, I think I think my family's moving back to Connecticut. I think I'm going to do the same. And I was like, cool, man. <laughs> all, right, all right. Like, let's <laughs> let's let's get together. And then we kind of we hit the ground running, man. A uh, couple couple whiskey drinks in the basement and just I'm, you know, two guys that are so similar in a lot of ways, but also extremely different in other ways. And, uh, and then down the line, he ended up coming to my college. We ended up living together with buddies and then just really good friends. We end up going our separate ways. I did, um, 
I was doing the the quote-unquote real-life grind for a little bit, six years in the electrical supply and distribution industry, uh, climbing the ladder, working away. My company moved me from Connecticut to Dallas to Denver, and then uh, we'll pick up with John Boy again. He uh, he has a video and audio editing background, and he's he's really good at it. He'll uh, he'll downplay it, but uh, my my dude's got skills. And uh, so he just kind of started on Twitter, started putting some stuff out there. People started liking it. They asked for more. Uh, it got to the point where they asked for a podcast, and he was like, "Yo, you want to do a podcast?" I didn't even know what it was. Um, but basically what I heard was I get to talk Yankees with one of my best friends for an hour a week. And now, um, I I think one of his biggest things, and I I don't know if this is advice to anyone listening, but he, uh, if people wanted it, he just did it. If if people wanted a shirt, he figured out how to give them a shirt. If people wanted a podcast, he gave them a podcast. If they wanted a, a breakdown, comma, a breakdown, uh, people ended up getting that. And, uh, uh, he put in crazy work. It was part time for me, and then uh, I actually ended up getting laid off from my job a uh, year and a half ago. And it was kind of this fight or flight moment. Like, all right, am I really going to drag my feet through another job for twelve months until I can try to do this full time, or do I want to go? Can I curse on here? Of course, man. <laughs> okay, I was like the same way you guys curse on your podcast. I was gonna, I don't know. You just you never want to be the first one to let there it rip. Are but kids I was listening, but fuck those right. kids. Oh, sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> but I was gonna, you know, it's it's one of those moments in your life. It's like, all right, am I am I gonna drag through or am I just gonna go into the shit? And I went into the shit, and we've, uh, I don't know, there <laughs> couple months where money's real tight, but. Uh, I don't know. We're we're starting to see some light there. I'm I'm still not buying people a big round of drinks at the stadium, but we're we're getting there. So that's uh that's kind of where it's at. And I I don't know. Just I guess personally for me, I'd say where me and John Boy different is I'm I'm a sports dude. Always been uh yeah. you know Sports Center on repeat five times a day. Um so all of it. So I I hope to dip my tone a little more of that. But uh and where Jimmy is Yankees baseball. I uh. I'm I'm all about all of it, man. So that's that's the long and short of it. Yeah, I think I texted you and I asked you. Uh, I was like, "What what what fan are you, are you in the NFL? Like, what football team you like?" And then I asked about uh, Jimmy's team, and you're like, uh, he, "He's a Yankee fan. <laughs> he, yeah. just like, he just likes the Yankees." And I think uh, you know you guys have some similarities with JJ and I, but also some contrasts. Like JJ and I never met um, until we were talking about doing the podcast. We didn't grow up together. I think we knew of each other online. Like I followed him, but like we we didn't meet. But he's a baseball guy. I am an all sports guy. Like yeah. football, basketball, baseball. I'll watch whatever's on. And like you, I will run Sports Center back to back to back. Like I'll watch Sports <laughs> yeah. Center every day, no matter what's on it. Um, but yeah, I, I left my job in July of last year, and I've picked up some odd jobs and some other things. But I really just ended up having to trust myself and like create content and put out who I am and what I like and see how it took and it, it, it's taking. And yeah, you know, you said like, you know, sometimes the, the money isn't there, but you make a decision whether you're going to go back to a job. Like I turned down a bunch of jobs because I was like, actually, I like the way this is going. And uh, it doesn't, it, it for nobody does it turn lucrative right away. But if you love it and you, you, you don't mind doing it and, you know, the reward you guys are already seeing and getting from people reaching out to you and buying your shirts and coming to your events and uh, meeting you and shaking your hands. Even someone like me that does what you guys do, being pumped to see you guys, like that's motivation enough, that's reward enough, and like the money or whatever is going to come. Um, I think that's super dope, man. You, you said you live in Denver now, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Denver. We'll, uh, you know, no, no spoilers, especially if my mom's listening, but the, the East Coast is calling. I mean, not, nothing in stone yet, yeah. but we'll uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see. Life Denver's life sick. finds a way. And 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 like, dude, that's uh, yeah. I grew up in the Northeast. I love the Northeast, yeah. but man, it is gray there for yeah. six months a year. Yeah. Denver Denver's tagline. I thought it was a joke. It's three hundred days of sunshine. Yeah. And then you got the mountains and out there. If you want to go like, and get up in the mountains, you can get in the mountains. And if you want to go find the lakes, you can find the lakes. But like. You can smoke weed freely there. You can buy weed <laughs> easily there. It's a part of the culture, and they're like 20 years ahead of the rest of the country, it seems. But, yeah, I feel you with the Northeast. You guys are probably going to have to come back because you got to be by the Yankee Stadium. You guys got to come to games. You got to meet the fans. So, uh, I mean, I wish you well if you're, you're coming back this way um, and making that happen. But, 
Denver is a, a dope place to live. I would live there if I could. Yeah, t- times are good. We'll uh, we'll we'll see. We're uh, talking Yanks, and I mean, again, we're we're heading into Joe Rogan life stuff. But you know, family's back east and stuff, and you get a little older, and and you do miss some of that. So it's like, well, there there will be flights out to Denver if I need them. Um, and again, if my girlfriend's listening to this, she's probably horrified right now. So maybe maybe we'll keep it moving. But your girl lives in Denver with you. Oh yeah. Okay, so she's she's got to come back east as well. It's life, bro. Yeah, and it's a it's the roller coaster and the adventure of it, man. It's fun, you know. You'll look back on it when you're washed and you're an old man, and you'll be like, "Yo, that was some of the best times I ever had." Um, oh yeah, it's dope. So let's get back into uh, the Yankee stuff and talk about this team. You know, right. approaching the trade deadline uh, in 24 hours and a half. We're about it's about 3:30 p.m. on Tuesday, July 30th. So we're um, about a day away from this being over. All the speculation, all the fake tweets, all the talk, all the he said, she said about who we're going to get, who we're not going to get. Give me an overall feeling for you going into the trade deadline, going to sleep tonight, waking up tomorrow, uh, knowing that, you know, we could either whiff on this or we could hit it big on this. Just give me an overall feeling how you feel going into the trade deadline. Man, I, I always lean, uh, when, when my brain starts spinning, always lean Cash God. I, I trust Brian Cashman, man. He, uh, he's, he's done it for a while. I know some of the new Yankee fans, they, they drop everything. But Cashman has a resume that you n- none of us can compete with. So I, I lean there. I will say this, man. The starting pitching struggles are obvious. We don't need to run through the numbers on it. And I'll say the part that scared me was... Our starting pitching, it, it was actually really good. Earlier this year, when the Yanks were winning a lot of games and we were out there looking at like Cameron Mabin, Mike Talkman, and we were yeah. doing the kind of like, who are these guys? Who's Gio Urshela? We're winning games, that kind of West Coast trip earlier in the year. Yep. The secret nobody talked about was our pitching was really good. That's why we were winning games. Um, we had a couple clutch hits, but the pitching was doing its thing. And the part that really scared me, Keith, was that I don't think it was a full-on coincidence that the pitching ran struggles against Minnesota and Boston. Those are two really good teams, and that's the part that scares me. Now, do I think Masahiro Tanaka is a 3.1 inning, 12 earned run pitcher? No. I, I tweeted out his playoff stats the other day, and people went nuts with him because you'd be blown away how good they are. 30 innings, 1.5 ERA. Yeah, we've seen it. Um, but... We need pitching, man, and it it's it it sounds uh, a little obvious, but we we went through and we started a new podcast talking baseball that kind of took off. Everything just hit at the right time for us, and we went through all the old deadline acquisitions. And man, it uh it really makes you think. I mean, the Sox had Evaldi and Steve Pierce. Like Steve Pierce won the World Series MVP. Evaldi did everything for them. Yep. You go back before that, Verlander. The Verlander trade basically tra- changed. MLB history if he if Verlander went to the Dodgers or the Yankees I mean you're talking about like two two different dynasties potentially and uh the thing that kind of blew my mind the other day was I I was looking at the Dodgers because I feel like the Dodgers could be going to their third straight World Series and nobody really fully appreciates them I feel like and man I'll tell you what we just mentioned the winning teams trade line trade deadline acquisitions the Dodgers traded for you Darvish who got lit up in the World Series. And last year, they didn't make huge moves, but they did trade for Ryan Madsen, who he got rocked in the playoffs. So when I kind of put all that in the blender and saw it happen against these potential playoff teams, I was like, damn, we, we need something. Um, you know, e- even if it is, if it's a Robbie Ray and you're looking at that K rate and you're you're trying to get five innings and get to the bullpen, I get it. Um I don't know, man. I, I just, right now, I'm worried about, like, dude, just think about this. If Houston went out and got Cindergard, how would we really feel about our chances? Man, I'm hoping that does not happen. I don't care, like, exactly what we do, who we ac- acquire, or who we bring in, but I, I think I might have said it to Joe's McFly. I'm hoping that, you know, the other 29 teams that hate the Yankees don't try and help our opponents. Don't try yeah. and bolster up. Like, the Mets definitely want to do a deal with the Astros to send him there. They just scoop Marcus Stroman. 
so that we couldn't scoop Marcus Stroman like a game of keep away. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at this deadline right now, and it could be a, a gift or a curse, right? If we yeah. don't do what we're supposed to do and we let other teams capitalize and we kind of like, you know, rest on the, oh, we don't want to pay this price for this guy or we don't want to give up these prospects. We're going to go at what we have. It could come back to bite us. But if we take advantage, like I, I really do feel in my heart of hearts that, you know, this, this timing is awesome. Like we uh, embarrassed ourselves in Boston. We barely got out of Minnesota alive. But then the following week, we have an opportunity to change our fate with a couple starters, maybe a bullpen guy. I think it's going to happen. Um, same way you say, yo, in cash, we trust cash rules, everything around me. I'm the same way. Like this dude yeah. is working on it and you got to trust it. And none of us know anything that goes on inside of the Yankee offices and who they're talking to, who they're working with. Um, the Diamondbacks are in town now. So I think there's a good, sh- a good shot, a good chance that we end up with Robbie Ray or Zach Greinke, but it's all speculation, right? My fingers are really crossed. Maybe I'll wear my pajamas inside out tonight. I hope tomorrow we get a splash like in the same vein of an Edwin Encarnacion landing with us. Someone that nobody is thinking of. Someone that we, like, no one's even tweeting the name, like, lands on this team. And it's like, Evil Empire, fully operational deaths are like, Let's yeah. just line up the horses and go at it, man. This is a this is a rare team. We um we escaped the injury bug and we've got the guys to do it this year, but we got to shore up that rotation. I think it gets done. It's not like we're filling that many holes. It's not like, yo, we really need a first baseman or, you know, we got to find someone to play third. No, we've we've got an embarrassment of riches, honestly, when everyone's healthy. Just get a couple guys in there, get a couple arms. Um I think it goes down for sure tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I think one of the one of the things that kind of opened my eyes because I, I some people do critique me for being too much of an optimist, and I, man, I, I'll tell you what, uh, living on podcasts and Twitter, if you're just negative, that doesn't work. <laughs> like no, that's, who wants to that, to that 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 life doesn't work. Um, and I don't know, be positive, people. But I'll, I'll say, you know, whoever the Yankees are going to get. A, someone who throws the baseball. I, I I can assure you that. I can't tell you what caliber they'll be. Um, something to watch out for, Keith. And our uh, we d- we do stuff with KT Sharp. Who, if you're not following her on Twitter, go check her out. Yeah, she's awesome. She, she she used to work at ESPN. She's she's legit as they come. And she said something interesting the other day that uh, again I I think the Yankees are looking at baseball a little differently. I wouldn't be shocked if they go out and get like a big time reliever. Um, especially, especially if they can't get that Luis Castillo or that Syndergaard, the Yankees starters have pretty good numbers. The first two times through the order through the third time they get killed. And if you add another reliever to that bullpen, who knows if Dellen's coming back, but maybe is, but man, if you, if you actually like think about the numbers, if you could get two innings out of Chad green, if you could go Vino, Canely, Britton, um, I mean, Chappie, if you add another arm down there, does Dellen Batances come back? You can almost do a legit, like, full bullpen day. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the Yankees want to do that because, again, you every time you bring a guy out of the bullpen, no matter how dominant they are, you're rolling the dice on that day where if you have a good starting pitcher, they're going to give you a performance. Um, so I don't know. And, I mean, think about the balls Cashman's juggling right now. Sevy and Batances. It could is is Luis Severino going to be our one heading into the playoffs? Is he going to be a bullpen guy? Is he not going to be around at all? Um, Dylan, you could you could do the same song and dance. And so that's that's where man, my mind started kind of going to crazy town after we lost the third game to Boston. Where I was like, do you reach out to the Indians and say, hey, we'll give you and and again, this is why I trust Brian Cashman because. I might have snapped (laughs) on Saturday night and been like, hey, Cleveland, Trevor Bauer, you know, you guys are going to lose him in a year. You're going to lose him in a year and a half. How about Domingo Herman and Clint Frazier? Both of those guys could play right now and keep you in the playoffs. But Domingo, we have to watch out for his pitch limit, and we're not going to trust him as much as a Trevor Bauer. So, you know, after the Sunday win, I came down a little bit, and I think that would be way too much. But, man, I mean, when you're in the moment and you want to win that World Series you got to do something, and it's it's what do you do? Yeah, it's World Series or bust, man. And I know that Brian Cashman and this organization knows that. Um, this is a special team. 
We have an opportunity to solidify this team at the deadline, and I am 100% certain that we get at least one arm. I'm not saying it's a blockbuster deal. I'm not saying it's going to wow you. I'm not saying everyone's going to be content. We're Yankee fans. We look at Yankee fans. They're going to complain no matter who we get. But I don't think he's going to leave this team out to dry. I don't think that he's on the phone with 28 teams and all the other teams in the league except for the Red Sox and not going to get something back. He has the relationships. He has the pedigree. And he's done this before. And I know that he knows just as well as any other Yankee fan that this team is special. We're not going to fuck it up. We're not going to let this trade deadline pass without bringing in somebody to throw the ball better than our guys that have been throwing the ball. So I think it's uh, I think this this episode has been good. And I think it's good to talk to Yankee fans, like you said, being positive, not worrying. Like, what what's the point of spending your time worrying? And, and we're us. We're the Yankees. Like, we don't really have that much worry. Like, we know we're good. We're always pretty good. And we're going to figure it out, man. Uh, Jake, thank you for coming on, bro. Solid. Tell John Boy I said what's up. Uh, see you guys next time you come to the stadium. Tell people where they can find you, where they can follow you guys. Man, at, at Talking Jake, Twitter, if you want the Instagram. I mean, I again, I'm a model on there, so be careful. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, uh, any any of the Talking Yank stuff, we, uh, we, we are really confident in what we put out and, and kind of like what you said, man, like for everyone that's doing stuff now in kind of this new Yankees universe we created, um, there's room for everyone. Like we, we don't throw elbows like, um, at, at you guys, I mean, Bronx pinstripes part, part of that. Um, at everybody that's doing stuff like you can, you find your different voices and you can find different opinions and everyone's trying to do different stuff. So, um, we're, we're doing our talking Yanks thing. You know, some, some guys walk away or some guys and gals walk away and they're like, you know, those, those guys are a little too silly for me. And it's like, well, if, if you wanted analysis of David Cohn breaking down each fastball, yeah. why would you come listen to two, five, seven portly guys? So, um, <laughs> We uh we we have a good time with it and and man we I'm I'm having a good time here I might I might be crashing you and JJ at some point Yo man I told you that's why I asked you about the NFL stuff I'm like yo I might be working on something so I'll hit you up or we could do something keep like it this running again. man and uh, yeah like I said I hope you uh, come to the stadium and I can see you there and uh, if I don't see you at the stadium see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.